Hi, I'm Lucy. Hello, I'm Issa. Welcome to the Blunt Force. So today I have a special guest. It's a snack with me. Everybody in DC know who this is. He is, you know, Gummy King, Crown Gummy King, Self Crown Gummy King. Nah, I like Edible King. Oh, Self Crown Edible King. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Issa here today, and he's actually been really supportive of Blunt Force since we started the podcast. He's um, been very adamant about coming on to do an interview. Um, we've been trying to do it for the last couple of weeks just to match up our schedules, but you know how it is out here in these streets. You got to link up when you can. So we finally got him here. Um, he brought us some drinks, you know, brought us some good smoke. So we're going to get these topics rolling today. Um, one of the first things I think we were talking about earlier was uh, Master P was talking about J. Cole. <laughs> um, it's really seriously training for the NBA. First of all, I'm glad the NBA is back, damn it. Like, Even with the bubble, you're happy it's back? I'm happy it's back. It's been too long. But don't you, you don't feel like it's like watching the AAU basketball team? It's, it's something different to watch. Like, it's, it's different. They shooting straight bricks. It's cool. They got to they gotta get back in the swing. Some of them probably forgot how to play basketball. Forgot how to play? You are Man. a professional. Like, they really brought you here. sloppy as hell. It's okay. No, that's not okay at all. Never is it okay. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully J. Cole can get in there. Um, I personally don't want to lose J. Cole to the NBA. I feel like we need him more in the rap game. But, hey. If that's what he wants to do and he wants to fulfill his lifelong dream, because honestly, you got to remember, J. Cole was balling before he was rapping. Well, he was rapping and balling at the same time, but it was rap that kind of... I felt he, like all his mixtapes was the warm-up. Yeah. Yeah, like. yeah it, was, it was definitely basketball-themed. And I know he played with St. John's in um, New York. So, shout-out to J. Cole for that. Um, you know, continue to chase your dreams. That's real live epitome of never giving up on your dreams right there. Yeah, I'm about to say, that's my favorite, one of my favorite rappers also. So. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I need him more in my life. Like, I need him, you know, to give us these words of wisdom because you need, you know, different ends of the spectrum where you have, where you have NBA young boy and you got Lil Yachty in them. Not to say that they're not saying, you know, something that's touching some people. But on the other end of the spectrum, you need those intellectual or, you know, artists that's continuing to, you know, acknowledge our history, our past, our struggle, and, you know, what it is that we need to do as a community. I think that he's taking that JC route and that Nas route, so. Yeah, definitely, yeah. What kind of moon rocks are you putting in this? I think this guava cake right here. Guava cake? I wow. Should've, I should have brought the peach out. You should have brought the peach out. Shout out to High Little Peach. I know she's somewhere watching, supporting. Yeah, shout out to her. We're going to use this dab in a minute. Oh, yeah. We're going to hit up a dab in just a moment. So, I'm going to go ahead and pour me up a little bit of a drink. Um, So, it was said in Georgia. That might be different. Real random. Real random um news. There was two guards and three inmates that were stabbed um and injured in a prison riot down in Georgia. So, I don't know if it's COVID or these motherfuckers just like, let me out of this motherfucker. But, um. I don't know what in the orange is the new black is going on down there, but uh, they need to get it together. Um, Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys is celebrating 10 years of marriage. That's fucking wild, isn't it? That's crazy. 10 years. Like, it don't seem like it was 10 years ago. 
or reading in, you know, the magazines and the tabloids that Alicia Keys has stole some man's, some woman's husband. The time, like, time just be flying. But I remember when that it happened. Like, I swear, I've had to been like ten years ago. Where was I? I just graduated from high school. Yeah, I'm about to say I had to been in, I had to been in college. I just graduated from high school, also. But I don't know if I was up here or if I was in South Carolina when all that shit happened. Yeah, I just remember being like my sister used to love tabloids, so I would be reading was, something in the. Um, that was before the shade room. Yeah, before the shade saying? room. Before the shade room, <laughs> you, you had, to, had to read. You had to read, pick up a magazine to see what the fuck was going on. Hell yeah! <laughs> and what was crazy is I would always catch it in line. Like cause we never buy in the magazines that's mm-hmm. at the grocery store. But we gonna read it as much as we can in the line while we putting the food. So somebody putting the food on the belt, right? So I was always the person that hurry up and put the food on the belt so I can read the magazine like the whole time. And my sister, I would show her one page in a fucking magazine. Be like, oh, look, this is what Swiss Beats and them doing. And she would take the magazine from me. And they say, I know. She started flipping through. I'm like, bitch, nobody gave that shit to you to read. Mm-hmm. Like, it's about 10 more on the rack. Get your own. So, shout out to the Little Mermaid for losing her voice and gaining a marriage. You know, we want to congratulate them for that. There was a singer named No Name that responded to Beyonce's Blackest King um, movie. And that's why her name is No Name, and she needs to have no voice as well because she spoke out of turn. And she just was, like, talking about how she liked how Beyonce did um, African aesthetic with... No, she said she liked how she did African with a capitalistic aesthetic. And so somebody was like, well, what would you rather her have portrayed? Like, us in huts and torn clothes? Like, And she was, like, trying to defend her thoughts. Like, no, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, it shows overall how these things, it's like, hold up. No, we were rich before. Like, so all the things that Beyonce showed you is like historically mm-hmm. who we've been over time. Like, don't flip the shit and make it seem like, oh, this is cute to see now. So, um, that was funny. But, um, motherfuckers always stating their opinion when they, when they don't need to. And then, <laughs> when they get that backlash, they like want to apologize. Like, no, keep keep that same energy. Remember, you all apologize and stuff. Why you need something like this in your face? Uh, cause it's not. Uh, so, in other news, we heard forty five. President Trump is trying to ban TikTok, and for me, I know if y'all been on my motherfucking Instagram, y'all see that that is my latest obsession. If that man try to take TikTok from me. He got a person come down Florida Avenue and fight like dead ass. We gonna square up, cause no nigga, you got me fucked up. Like I'm about to get famous off of that shit. I know it. But what is that doing though? Like I I I read that on I think Twitter or something. I'm just like, what is it? Like? So they're saying that the Chinese is using TikTok in order to hack into the American cyber system. But the thing is, like we've been saying before, no China makes everything that we have technologically. They have been hacking into our shit before TikTok. It was Pokemon Go before they were saying that they was doing it. But the the thing is, the government is trying to protect scientific research for coronavirus. They said that they're thinking that the Chinese is hacking into their systems to see if they're coming up with, you know, um, vaccines and stuff. So... That's just another thing for him to get into a foreign affair war with them. Trying to change the subject and change the... Yeah, he's always deflecting. You were talking about TikTok. 
Go find them killers, uh, Breonna Taylor. Like no, the FBI. This is a perfect time to arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor before yeah. they go on another motherfucking beach trip. Before they go, you know, on another vacation. Before we see them out shopping with their families again. We would like for the FBI, who is currently investigating this murder of Breonna Taylor, to go and just, you know, actually indict them. Yeah, we appreciate it. What else y'all doing? Um, yeah, they ain't doing nothing else. The fuck. Down DC at the protest or whatever. So Ellen ends her show instead of actually ending the discrimination and mistreatment of her employees, which I find hilarious because Ellen is like supposed to be like the liberal beacon goddess. So to find out that her employees were saying that they were mistreated and they were discriminated against, and instead of actually making it right or apologizing, the bitch is gonna cancel her show. And don't even got time for like. Yeah, she's like, fuck it. We home anyway. We doing the shit from home. Yeah. Like, it's like, once you get that, you get that, 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 that backlash, or you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's either you try to respond and apologize, or you say, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, like, man, why got time to be playing with you, Ellen? So, we're going to move on to the cannabis topics of our. Let me, bl- let me light this day. Yes. I'm trying to get this. Get the live um, we're gonna move on to the cannabis portion of our segment of our episode. Some yeah, finance. So there's two cannabis stocks that you should be on the lookout for if you're looking to double your money in a year's time. So um yeah, one of them is Cresco Labs. It's an Illinois-based company um, that slowly crept to the top of marijuana markets. They've been slow grinding. You know, got out the mud. They built it up. And they've been fucking them up. On the other end, there is marijuana... I'm trying to say it. Marijuana monopolizer, Cureleaf. Cureleaf. Yes. Cureleaf just bought grassroots last month and now this makes them the largest cannabis company in the world that puts them at over 800 dispensaries across mm. 11 states with a projected one billion dollar in revenue over the year so we actually have that posted that's bullshit. i like that you said what i said that's bullshit i, like no, that. I mean it is bullshit mean. but at the same time it's like hold on y'all told us that the antitrust law in 1921 was basically put in effect to stop monopolization. When y'all was talking about Rockefeller and y'all mm-hmm. was talking about Andrew Carnegie and y'all was talking about all of those guys, you said that there was not supposed to be no more monopolization. Well, I find that to be a fucking lie and not true because all of their kids basically became financiers, lawyers, and swindlers so they can figure oh. out the loopholes on how to get around it, which is why you see... Media moguls like T-Mobile and all of the telecompanies who are gobbling each other up. Why the fuck do T-Mobile and Verizon need to come together? Like, T-Mobile and Sprint. Sprint, Right. Why do T-Mobile and Sprint need to merge? Like, that's fucking wild to me. That shit always wild. When you look at companies like, I don't want to speak out against this one because this one actually employs me. So I might not even say nothing. Okay. So there's, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of companies that you see monopolizing. It's just like, why why is this legal? The same thing is happening with Cure Leaf. Instead of allowing actual cannabis companies to grow and develop, Cure Leaf is buying up the competition. 
So if you have a small cannabis company and you think you're going to grow to the size of being a multimillionaire, yeah, you're going to be a multimillionaire at a one-time buyout, and that's it. So it's like we have to start looking at what these stocks are doing and what it's going to, what it means for the next 50 to 100 years. But then again, do you have to sell your shop? You don't, you don't have to sell your shop, but that's one of the topics that we'll get into okay. later, which basically talks about how the black market versus the legal market, and it's cutting into it. It's a lot of people who are... Is that, this the ashtray? ashtray. So you fancy. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the old school lady ashtrays. I would have had the one that stand up like that or whatever that oh, you yeah. can spin and shit. But I didn't want to get too swizz on them. But, um, yeah, like, so then they have this, there's a conversation of the legal market versus the black market. And one of the articles that Blunt Force posted on Instagram was basically following CBS as they took a tour yeah. of, um, the growers county in California and to just see how the legal market is actually hurt by the legalization of everything because you got to think about the permits, the different permits, the licenses, the watershed, the this fee, the that fee, the consultation fee. So they were saying that it's more expensive to operate an illegal business than it is an illegal business, which is why there are some legal medical marijuana farms that are operating illegally who are doing um, black market sales. So shout out to the black market because they ain't going like that. You feel me? Black market all day. But it's just funny that they tried to legalize this to get rid of the black market and the black market is the one that's thriving from it. That's why it's always good to have one foot in and one foot out. California, like California, to put it in retrospect for y'all, understand? California has less... cannabis retail stores in Oregon although they grow the world's supply of cannabis they grow 11 million pounds more than what they can consume and authorities were saying that where it ends up is it ends up in the rest of the 39 states so you know shout out to the black market for that which is why we know that it's Fake news when Politico published an article yesterday that said the pandemic is eating away at the illicit black market. Fuck you, Politico. You're lying. You're lying. It's money in the streets. One thing my daddy told me, and this ain't even nothing like, oh, no, oh, I'm plugged in. I know what's up. This is what my dad told me as a kid. The streets get more money when there's a Republican president in office. No doubt about it. There's more money circulating on the streets for whatever you want to consider the black market or you know illegitimate businesses or entrepreneurs whatever is when there's a republican president in office that there's more cash flow on the streets than any other time and that is a man who was born in 1949 and if he's gonna tell me some shit like that he's seen some shit so i'm gonna take his word for it um speaking of politics nancy pelosi defended cannabis on capitol hill she said this is therapy. Shout Nam- out to you. Namaste. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Namaste. <coughs> I agree. Ooh. I don't know if it's the weed making me hot or the Patron. A little bit of both. Probably definitely the Patron. <laughs> For sure. I just know how, like, when you cough and shit, like, you don't get hot when you cough. I get hot when I cough off a dab. I take a dab. I'm, I ain't got no tank top on. That puts me in immediate sweats. Like, yeah, them shits is. 
Yeah, I'm like immediately dying. Like a dab. What's the craziest shit you seen? Like, I seen somebody pass out on a dab at the spaceship. I'm talking about hit the floor. Boom! Like all the time. <laughs> my man, my man, West pays bill. He gave a dude a dab one time, and that motherfucker passed out. This nigga started packing this shit. I'm like, bro, like, what is you doing? He's like, man. I wasn't about to be no witness. Like, what you mean, witness? You did it. <laughs> Help that motherfucker out. I learned. That shit. And it'd be it be so was, crazy. It was at the spaceship that I learned about dirty dabs. What a dirty dab is and how, what it looks like and, like, you know, what the smoke looks like and stuff like that. But, like, beware of dirty dab. Or, it's like, somebody got a, a dirty rig and they can give you a dirty dab. Or motherfuckers don't. Wipe that fucking the the piece off. Like I be seeing people giving dabs without no alcohol. Oh yeah, out. yeah, totally not with that shit. Well, we were we were definitely like on you some. Put out my pop up for some shit. I was about like to that. say we were we were always compliant, and we were definitely, especially when I was running it, like making sure that sanitation. This is way before COVID, but just making sure that we were the standard for you know, mass consumption because I knew that we had niggas coming from every fucking where and I don't know what they're doing. And then for me that who worked there, I knew that I was always exposed to everybody and everything. So it's like, what am I putting, like the first couple of, it's crazy because the first couple of months, I want to say almost 75% of the time that I was working at the spaceship, I didn't smoke. So it was hilarious when people would like give me weed and they would give me stuff, whatever. They'd be like, yeah, smoke my shit. And I'm like, okay. Now I just hold on to it, sell it or some shit, give it to my friends when they come later at night to smoke and shit. But them dabs are dangerous. That was, I think that's one. I want to say that's probably one of the craziest things I've seen. Somebody just straight out hit the floor. Hit the floor. I seen people vomit or through their nose and shit. I seen that shit happen. <laughs> yeah, I seen somebody vomit through their nose. Um, I've done that too. <laughs> Yeah, I've done that too. Cause you know, but it's like females take dabs better than males. Like I'm, I'm, I've never seen a female pass out all off a dab. It's always the no. Nah, I've never seen a female. It's always the males. Like it could be the biggest motherfucker in the room. Like, oh yeah, he definitely coming down. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. Hit ass. Like shit. Um, yeah, I want to say that's one of the craziest things I've seen off of dab, especially. It's been some wild things I've seen though. Um, well, I fucking don't know how to breathe. Yeah, that's you another thing. Breathe when you take a dab. I mean, people don't know how to breathe. Period. Like shit. People just don't know how to breathe. Like I learned that when I was working out with my friends. Like you have to, you actually like when my friends come over and they're upset, I teach them how to breathe, and they think I'm bullshitting. But I'm like, okay, just do me a favor. <clears throat> like they'll be really upset. I'm like, do me a favor. I hear you. Look me in my eyes and just. Take 10 deep breaths. And they'd be like, what? And I'm like, no, but you got to do it like this. You got to go in through your nose, out through your mouth. In through your nose, out through your mouth. That shit works. I'm like, that helps. It helps really expand your lungs. But more so, it helps your brain. Like, your brain is actually getting that oxygen when you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. People be breathing hard trying to breathe in and out of their mouth and shit. That's going straight to your chest. So, Yeah. It's just real wild developments happening throughout the nation, even in places like California, who we thought was like the Amsterdam of the U.S. pretty much. Um, even they've come up with some restrictions. New laws every day. I'm talking about uh, 
Yeah, I just seen that shit the other day uh, about the restrictions in the apartments or something, right? Yeah, West Hollywood. Um, they're trying to figure out how... Well, they actually voted on it today. The city council people voted on um, trying to ban smoking or cannabis consumption in apartments and condos. But it's a part of a 2017 uh, proposal. Yeah. yeah. That was by the Rent Stabilization Committee. When I even book Airbnb, I'm like, let me see if I can smoke in this joint. Like, mm-mm. <laughs> how do you te- how do you tell? Like, do you look and see if it says 420 or? Some of them say you can smoke in them, but like some of them, I just I just gotta peep them out. Like, Airbnbs, they be weird as shit. You gotta watch out for Airbnbs that got them cameras and listening devices and all that shit. So, I try to be like, I try to get houses though. Like, I don't really try to stay in no apartment. So do you like sweep the place when you first get there? Like, like kind of just like look around for nanny cams and shit. Hell yeah, especially like like we did a couple Airbnbs. I mean, pop ups out of Airbnbs. So I'm like, I be having the you know, cameras. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I don't right. like that shit anyway because it's like I understand you got to do your security shit, but I want your spot out. I want my privacy. Right, right. right. I don't like. I know. Like that's what I'm saying. It's like it. It's. Being a homeowner and then being a person that's there, it's like two sides of the coin because the homeowner also want to make sure they have accountability for everything and what's going on in their place. But then it's like, at what point is a motherfucker a creep to? Like, how I know you're not just... Creeping. Creeping. It's on some creep shit. Period. So that is just big wild. But um, even better, Congress is just rolling down. Like, Congress... Congress, after I, I don't know if it's the death of John Lewis and Elijah Cummings that is shaking up the Democrats on Capitol Hill, or if it's just like they see that we are holding them accountable for like their long term bureaucratic bullshit, but they are getting shit done. They actually just offered forgiveness um, for the past use of cannabis in the military. So if you're in the military, and you smoke once or twice, they feel like you shouldn't be punished for it. And, you know, I agree. Yeah. They need to... How you know I wanted another drink? I wasn't going for it, but... You remastered this? You know. Not really. Not at all. Well, you, know I'm, you know I don't drink no more. Exactly. <laughs> and this drink was powered by It's a Snack. <laughs> Let me see. Let me get a splash of the Sprite. I see you did that. Let me see how that Just get a little razzle-dazzle, you know. Just look. Say, I guess it makes sense to steal tequila. Let me yeah, know. just get a little razzle-dazzle, a little bit of to your taste. Cheers. No toast or nothing. Cheers. Oh, you got to do our toast. To the future. To the future. To the past. To the past. To the present. To the present. Get fucked up. Get fucked up. See? I say, I think we did this in Cali, right? Mm-hmm. That's when we made it. Yeah. We made it up then. We were pressed. We were like, we're going to have a lifelong toast. This toast is going to be it. Like, this is going to be the baller's toast. Like, if you know this shit, you in. Like, shit. <laughs> I got to remember that shit. I got to memorize it. It's, it's just easy up. It's, it's easy because it's up, down, and in the middle. So, it's just to the future, to, to the, the past, past, to the present, and then you mm-hmm. clink. Get fucked up. So, yeah, um, I just think that's pretty cool that, you know, the military is allowing people to have forgiveness. Um, Being someone who was enrolled in ROTC, 
I struggled heavily with being a cannabis enthusiast and wanting to serve my country. But then I also had like a really fucked up logic about it. Like I remember when I used to be like on campus smoking with my friends and shit, whatever. And I had, I would have PT in the morning and you know, they'll be like, don't you gotta go run a couple miles and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, like, if I can run two, three miles and I smoke, then that means I'm healthier than all them bitches out there who run and they just running and they don't smoke. My lungs healthier than theirs. And my friend's like, you got a point, you got a point, hits blunt. <laughs> hits blunt, you got a point. So, yeah. Um, I think the next place that we're going to go as um, a podcast is uh texas our friend nicolette is from texas so shout out to texas we want to go through and um a really i heard like a really black part of texas was dallas but even better than that they just opened up their first pop-up dispensary so we got to go check them out well it's it's their first dispensary that's a pop-up shop i think they call it a pop-up shop because they don't know how long they're gonna last They call it a pop-up shop. They're like, this is the first dispensary pop-up shop because we don't know how long these motherfuckers are going to last out here. Um, Because there are only one of three licensed purveyors. That's our word of the day. Our word of the day is... Purveyors. Purveyors. We think it means... (laughs) I'm about to say... Someone who acquires or goes around looking for rare things like art um music mm-hmm. um but they're given a license to buy these rare things so that's what a purveyor means for us in our stoners vocabulary of the day um so yeah they're only one of three purveyors and their name is original compassionate cultivation so shout out to y'all down in plano texas suburb of dallas We'll be coming to check y'all out soon to see what y'all got in there. Hopefully, y'all got straight gas, no breaks, because we don't play no games. Like, don't be having us in there with that motherfucking homegrown bush, because we're going to call you out. We definitely will call you out if you got bush. So. I don't got the problem with it. Oh, you don't have a problem with that? Hell no. But let's talk about the problems that you do have, Issa, since we're on Oprah's couch. (laughs) The drama. What is up with the daily Instagram drama? I be off my Kanye shit. You do? You out? Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you be going off. Like, you are mixed between, like, Trump and, like, Kanye in the morning time. And then by, like, 3 o'clock, you calm down. It's because I ain't hit my J yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just be thinking this shit. Like, I don't even be talking about nobody. It be, like, awesome past shit. But it's, like, I don't know. I'm, like, I be feeling like somebody going to watch this shit and think I'm talking Exactly about that. So that's another thing. Do you be thinking, talking about past stuff, but you also, I feel like, because I so feel like you know, subtweeting, right. I feel like you also know that if you say something that you are going to hit certain buttons with certain people and you know it's going to piss them off. Even though you're not talking about them, you subliminally know, like, someone's like, one thing I'm talking about them. Uh, I mean, it's like, I'm just... I be talking shit sometimes, but it's like... You talk shit all the time. This, this motherfucker... It's some motherfucker gonna talk shit, okay? I'm confident with my shit, so you know what I'm saying? Like, just say, it's... 
It's a little bit, it'd be a little bit of competition going on, but you know, like that should be, it'd be friendly. Like, you know what It saying? is like, friendly. That's what I will say. I do like that. At the end of the day, it's all business and it's y'all all, all going to get money at the end of the day. Like yeah. I don't beef with nobody. Like I ain't got no beef with nobody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, it's all competition. Like I read in the 50 cent book, you like, like competition is healthy. Like, it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is. It's healthy to be competitive. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. The guys who came on the show before you who were saying that um, we we're talking about hate. And they were like, well, if it wasn't for hate, you wouldn't strive for anything. He was like, like for me, he's like, I ain't going to really do my best unless I know somebody doubting me or somebody that, you know, hating on me. He's like, that's when I end up going in and going harder. So it's like the same. That's pretty much the same with competition. It's like, like I had a, I had a friendly competition when I threw shot put. Like, it was this girl from North Pitt, Tierra Davis. I love her to death. Um, the first time that she ever beat me, I cried. I cried. Okay. I came in, yeah, it's okay. I came in, um, I came in third place. And it was because my dad was a bitch. My dad was a mean-ass person. So, he came to my first track meet, and he was on some shit. Like, he came, I came in third. Out of, like, eight girls, if I came in third, I thought it was pretty good. First track meet. And he was like... You let them two beat you? For real? Don't call me to come one your track meets until you winning out here. Oh. And I was like, oh, 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 damn. Tough like, love, tough love. That's and that's love. exactly, I ain't going to lie. After that, he put me on the motherfucking path to, and I want to say I probably came in third or second, maybe three, two or three more times. After that, I swept. For like three years straight, like I was number one, like in the East, in my conference, I would go to the regionals. I would like place. I would do okay. One thing that I would say is I was a choker. I was a person that was ranked high, but would choke. So I was ranked like third in the state of North Carolina during winter track for shot put. They call everybody out. They like, you know, these are girls who've been throwing for a minute and they got Mm -hmm. professional gear and all this big wild shit. Is that a net? Oh, sorry. They got you. (laughs) I'll get you another one. But they um they uh called me out there and I just kinda was like sick. Got my light mic shoes on. I just been front punching. I don't got no technique down and shit. And then I'm ranked third in the state. These girls feel like they worked hard for it and here I come out of nowhere just you know, on their shit. But I would be ranked third and then come in like eighth. I would scratch like two of my throws. Because my dad would be there and he would be on his shit like, I know you ain't had me wake up out my bed 7 o'clock in the morning. Coming all the way, goddamn Raleigh. Gotta buy $10 tickets to get in this bitch. $20 parking. I still ain't ate yet. Oh, he was on this shit. And you gonna come in here and you gonna scratch the first time? Is you fucking serious? I was like, God damn, you're horrible. Like, can you cheer, clap one time for me? Like, man. No bullshit. Where's the, where's the support? But then, no, but here was the support. Every time I bring a metal home, he wanted to display it. So he would make, he made these shadow boxes that had like my last name, all my, he would clip every time I was in the newspaper, he would take the newspaper clipping mm-hmm. and put it in there or whatever. And it would just have my stats, but it would have my name and it would just show that I was the first one. Ooh. And he would highlight my name and shit. And he put it in the shadow box. And he had all these shadow boxes, like how that ledges. He had them running across the thing. So when I graduated from high school, I'm like, hey, I'm going to college. Like, you know, can I get my medals and stuff? He's like, no. <laughs> what you going to do with them? I'm like, I don't know. 
I earned them though. Like math. <laughs> <laughs> like dicks. Like, <laughs> bitch, you ain't see that right here put into these boxes? Like, nah, never mind. You can go ahead about your business. Well, yeah, he still got them shits. So I kind of want my medals back. So if y'all, you know, seeing this and y'all happen to ride up on my dad anytime he in Baker's apartment D, uh, ask him, can he send me my motherfucking medals? Because I earned them. You feel me? Just joking. Not really. I want my medals. If I say we jive like needles. <laughs> jive like. At least one. What? I mean, they all gold and shit. Like, I mean, they just... He got a box full of gold, a box full of silver. He don't like the silver box. He put that one, like, underneath I want to get high and just look at my medals. Like, the fuck? Something. I feel like a nobody. <laughs> like, I imagine that shit. Like, was I that good? I don't know. Um, so, every time Issa comes through, it's a fucking celebration. Yeah, I left the box. I have a bottle to the house. You know I had some bottles. I know you did. Last time I bought one bottle of champagne and you came with a case. Yeah, I still got five of them. You don't. <laughs> I, got, I got six bottles without. You did not have to do that. I'm like, should I bring this? Should I bring a bottle? I should have. Nah. I mean, it's, yeah, since you're not drinking and stuff, you know. I, you know. I be talking so much shit on Instagram sometimes though. I don't even be remember what I be talking about. I like the fact that now that um Smack Sickles and Blunt Force has really started to get its own following, that I can play with different things. So I can post and like I can just post all like cannabis content and all this stuff like in this space and I can do like all my funny personal content on mine. And then, like... Dude, somebody need to take your phone. I was just looking at all your TikToks. Like, <laughs> I am addicted phone. to TikTok lately. Like, Take her phone. <laughs> well, my shit's be hitting, though. That's another thing, though. My shit's be hitting. You the reason Trump's taking that shit away. No. <laughs> That's why he gonna have to square up with me on Florida Avenue. Dead ass. Like, me and him. What's I heard, up? I heard Microsoft was about to buy TikTok. Yeah, because they're trying to get basically an American company to take it over mm. because it was it's um been Chinese based and it was run through a consulting company, a third party consulting company, and so Microsoft is trying to take it over now. Um, they just got like a couple of billion dollars for content creators in order to give them that. So that's why I was like, I think it was matter of fact the day before. I started, man, I opened up my, I opened up TikTok and saw that I had been TikToking back when, like, I was listening to Shock Lizzie, 2015. I was like, oof, that's horrible. And <laughs> then, <laughs> and then I was TikToking that day, and then the next day news came out that they had, like, $2 billion to give content creators. And I was like, oh, what's up? Now I got a reason to use this shit for real. So it was like, that's when it, it was, it was funny because I didn't, like, jump on the bandwagon after I heard the news. But I definitely was happy that I had, like, jumped on the bandwagon, period. Like, let me figure this shit out. Because I also feel like I'm really entertaining. I've been hopping on TikTok one of these days. Like, I'm... I be thinking about that shit. I'm by far one of the funniest people I know. I be feeling the same way. I know I am. I'm funny I'm as shit. I'm funny shit. You think you funny? Hell you laugh, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> But I be mad when people. No, I be mad when people laugh at shit that's not intended to be funny. 
Like when I be telling them like that, and that's why that's how I, that's why Lucy is really the embodiment of who I am. What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. What's your sign? Virgo. Oh, I don't know what that means. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Shit. That's how motherfuckers be though. <laughs> What's your sign? Oh, okay. You don't know nah, shit. Nah, you know them signs ain't compatible. Like, I don't know shit. I don't know nothing about nothing. I know my number. I know numerology. Now, I don't know numerology, but I know my number and about me. My number is five. My angel number lately is 442. How you know your number? How you, how you know? They say for, they say whatever number that you look at the clock at that time when you get ready to look up your angel number, like or when you read somebody else's angel number, like it's literally like that time right there, like snapshot. Did I ever pass this JC? Nope. But it's fine, cause it's gonna get here one day. Uh, I be smoking. I know, and that's fine. <laughs> and that's I fine. I be smoking. Oh, and I be drinking. So since you be drinking, tell us what you think are the top. Alcohols to pair with some of the highest strands of cannabis, cause people be smoking good, but do they be drinking good? Though? I mean, yeah, that's the thing though. Like, you gotta drink good. If you gonna smoke good, you gotta drink good. But and if you, know, you if you drink good, you gotta eat good too. Everybody pockets be a little different though, you know. But thankful, thankfully, you know, it's shit different over here. But they say nineteen forty two. That's 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 my go to. I've never really tried the Zool yet. So do you do nineteen forty two, straight? Yeah, straight. Cold. I feel like nineteen forty two. I can do cold or warm. It don't even matter. I'm about to say yeah. Like it can be cold or warm for it. It's not. Now Zool has to be cold. But like only time I mix I mix some uh nineteen forty two. Without Cali, my man, my man Chef D, he uh he got a restaurant Eighth Notch, uh they got smoked lemonade. Check out Chef D. Chef D D, D that real chef. Follow him. Yes. Eighth Notch. He's the real one. Like I'm about to say, you was I was there. I was really hungover, so I really wasn't even trying to entertain none of those thoughts about some food. But what I saw. The fat girl and me with a crush. I know. And that's why I was so mad that I was fucked up like I was. Because I wanted the crush. That I, I knew I was going to crush his place. That shit was crazy. He came back through the second time with the smoke lemonade. Like I was watching his Instagram when he like basically first came over that it's like conception. I was like, that's crazy. I'm like, well, I asked. I had that. I'm like, well, what made you think of like, who the fuck? Let me put these motherfucking lemons in the smoke and, and then make some lemonade like. Smoke lemonade. Like, you got a trademark. He like, that's why, like, and that's why I would, I would think that smoke lemonade would go well, like with some whiskey. Oh my god, I love some whiskey. Now whiskey, I do not drink. I do not like to pair whiskey with cannabis. I don't like to drink whiskey when I'm smoking, or if I'm eating edibles or anything. I'm not really a whiskey drinker, but I love whiskey. I I prefer tequila, champagne. Um, or a cognac to pair with cannabis. All day. So you said 1942. 1942. You like Azul. Azul. Um, lately, I've been on Sincoro. Sincoro is owned by. That's the Michael Jordan one. Yeah, but it's for I, other people too. I haven't tried it yet. I've seen the bottle. The bottle, biggest shit. Yeah, it is. Um, 
I've tried the Reposado and I've tried the Blanco. And so far, I like the Reposado better. Even though the Reposado hits hard, it evaporates so easily. Like, it's just like, oh, okay, that was nothing. Like, right when I think I need a chase, it's like, for what? Um, the Sincoro is sneaky, too. But I like the Sincoro not only because it's owned by Michael Jordan, but it's also four other NBA players. And they say that the bottle is angled at 23 degrees for Michael Jordan, and it's five points on it, not just for his rings, but also for the five equal partners in the tequila. So I think that's pretty cool because they bonded over their love of tequila and basketball. You know, I want to make a tequila. Yeah, I would love. I like tequila. Like you said, tequila, cognac, champagne. Yeah. You try to stay away from the cognac sometimes. Cognac sugar. is more so my my winter. Like I like cognac in the winter. Mm-hmm. So like seven a good seventeen thirty eight in the winter time to go with some like nice gelato or OG. Oh, you know me. You know I'm I'm all on Douce. All Douce. Douce EXO. That black bottle. Something I've never had the black bottle before. Oh, we gotta get some of that. I've never had the black bottle of Douce. Like that. That's just smooth. I think I got I got I got this dude. He made me a what I got nineteen forty two. He made me rigs. He made me two rigs or bongs, whatever you want to call them. I got two nineteen forty two bottles and a black douce bottle. I think I'm gonna get them just away. I might sell them. Might just give them away. A little stash and dash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or you can sell them like a one on one. You know. Then I sneak a a Moscato in there, Bartonur. Bartonur is a it's made in Italy. That sounds like some real Moscato. They ain't ain't no shot at home. (laughs) No, it's made in Italy. It comes in a blue bottle. It has a picture of Italy on the label. It's so fucking good that I remember summers rolling up. And I would pop a bottle of Bartonur, and it drinks like soda. So instead of like pouring it into a glass or some shit, like my dumb ass would just put a straw in that bitch, and I'm just drinking it out of the bottle. Cause it was so good. Like I'm about to sit down and eat my dinner with this bottle of Bartonur. Like I went to the liquor store I used to live off of by Connecticut Avenue. They started ordering it by the case for me because he was like, you're the only person that comes in here and buys this. He was like, I can give it to you at a discounted price if you just get a case. That sounds like me and Pleco. Yeah. I got a thing for Pleco. That was when I first started. Like, I never really was interested in something enough to buy a whole case of it except for Bartonor. I definitely bought those by the case because I would go through like two in a night. That's like big Clico. I gotta get the Clico. I gotta get a case. I might as well. Never know when we wanna celebrate. Pop a bottle for. Say, we celebrate life every day. Every day. Like, it's crazy because I kind of. The reason why I got on champagne is because I don't drink beer. I hate beer. And not that I got on champagne because I, I was like, oh, it's my alternative to beer. But it's like, I don't drink beer, but I don't like wine. Like, I like Moscato, and that's that Bartonur. But for the most part, I don't really like wine, like especially red wine, because it stains your teeth. And I don't know. I'm not, I can't get jiggy with that shit. But. 
I'm just big even. I, I Some champagne? I drink an angry orchard. It's like, it's hard cider. Now, I could do ciders. I love yeah. me an angry orchard, a Stella Ortiz, a Stella Ortiz cider. I will drop a, um, a shot of, um, Fireball. I knew you were about to say that. A shot of Fireball in a Stella Ortiz cider is like, mmm, that is like fall in your mouth. <laughs> It's like fall. It's so good. Cinnamon, apples, whiskey. Yes. Um. Yeah, those are pretty much. I would say the ones that I would pair with cannabis. I don't really drink too many wine coolers. I remember my sister used to get these Smirnoff watermelons. Mm. They were good. Um, during the summertime, especially when we eat with like crabs and some shrimp yeah. and stuff. That used to be me and like, shit. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do no beer. Like, I can't do no Corona and shit. Like, shout out to Black Owned Crab Boss on Eighth Street. I just want to say shout out to y'all because I've gone to Crab Boss twice. The first time, of course, I've never been right. Of course, you've never been on the first time, but it was raining. We had no reservations, and mm-hmm. I knew we had no reservations, and they were like, oh. We're fully booked for tonight. Me having been a hostess before, totally understand that. I get you. However, do you have a cancellation list? Because I'm trying to get some food tonight. And I know that anywhere else I go, I'm going to have to wait at least 30, 45 minutes to get there, park, get out, try to get a table and all that stuff. Anyway, so if you got a cancellation list, I'd rather be on that. Shorty's like, um... I mean, I guess I could take your number. So I guess I've introduced him to her with a cancellation list. Cool. You need to, you know, incorporate this in your system because it's needed. So me and Peach go up and we get our table. We eat. It's amazing. It's great. Everything's lit. We leave. The next time we come, I realize, like, Peach, we got to get a reservation. Which one y'all went to the one on 8th Street? So I'm like, we got to get a reservation. So I, I, like, look at the reservations and they're fully booked. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, shit. Like... I really want to go. Like, I'm hungry. And it's a Saturday. So it's really like, oh, we know they book, you know? Yeah. We'll I'm, get there. I'm, <laughs> I'm torn about uh, about the crab balls. But, you know, shout out to them. No, no, hear me out. But the second time we pull up, right? I'm like, let's just pull up. Fuck it. Because our pull up game strong. Like, when me and Peace have you pulling up somewhere, we're pulling up. So. And y'all girls. <laughs> We ain't gonna let y'all in. No, it's not even that. But they're girls too, and you know how DC girls be like on some yeah. no poo, no oh, like lashes all long and shit. And that's the kind of attitude they was giving it at first because I guess they saw me and I was kind of like trapped out, geared up, or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not giving an attitude though. I'm giving all like, girl, help me out, like da da da, like you know whatever. But also gracious, like tipping them too. Like, once you give me a table the first time, I'm getting tippy. So, second time we come, I walk up. So, before I even say anything, the girl like, oh, I remember you from last time. So, I was like, hey, girl, how you doing? So, she was like, what's your name? What's your, what's your reservation? So, the host is like, oh, yeah, I remember her. What's your, what's your name? What's your reservation? So, I was like, so, here's the thing. I try, I try real hard to get a reservation, but I couldn't. She was like, yeah, you couldn't because we're fully booked for the night. I was like, all right. I get you, but 
so can you put me on the cancellation list like last time <laughs> so she called upstairs asked me for asked for a table she's like how many people in your party i'm like two called upstairs they got it she like go upstairs so we walked straight in I didn't even go back and get Peach. Peach came in. She was like, as soon as she walked up, they told her, oh, she upstairs. Just go. So she was like, oh, they remember us for real. <laughs> like, yeah. So shout out to Crab Boss. I appreciate y'all. Y'all black owned. And the owner came up to our table and talked to us afterwards to check in, make sure our meals experience, you know, a nice experience and stuff. So what happened with you? Why you had a bad experience with them? It's probably, it's a fault. It's not. No, it's not my fault. Cause why you have a bad experience there? It it wasn't just me. My my folks did too, but I mean, you I, ordered what even, you ordered. Like, I'm what? not even gonna talk on. No, it, I want to know. I want because I want to know. And it wasn't the H Street location either. Though. It was it, one out Merlin. It was the Brandywine. Yeah, I'm Brandywine. not going all the way out fucking Brandywine to get treated but the like crab that. balls though. Shout out to him. You know what I'm saying? Because I was fucking with his ass before he had the restaurant. Just like Chef Gray and them. Like, I loved before, them. Like, before the food truck, all that. I remember, like, the first time just I... Just like I, Jerk at Night that's right across the street. Like, shout out to them who got Jerk at Night on 8th Street. He's about to open up his storefront. Like, I, I really the first time that. I ever fucked with Crab Balls. Like, I pulled up out Bowie somewhere and met him. Like, and that shit was... That shit was wonderful. Huh? I, I, ain't, I, I can never take away nobody's credit. You know what I'm saying? But... That it shit is wonderful. Was, I felt like... I look. I'm. I on feel starstruck. Like like that shit. Like if I look through my phone, look on my like Google photos or something, I, I can find the picture. The first time I had that shit, that shit was like. It was definitely 2016. Tour. Like that shit was years ago. So it was like I'm definitely proud of how long, like how far he came in the game for sure. You know what I'm saying? Food truck, two restaurants, like. That's your motivation at the end of the day. You it is. Like, That's what I'm saying. I like, like I can't even let no bad experience I had that and shit like take away from you know what I'm saying. Like I know the person who opened Jerk at Night. Have you ever had them? No, I haven't. I seen I seen a joint on A Street though. Jerk at Night is really good. Please try them. So he was a Howard uh, student. His name is Dimble Capricorn. That's my homie. Um, <laughs> what that at, mean though? Huh? <laughs> what that mean though? Capricorn. So you know, we work. I'm gonna tell you. Capricorns, we work hard. Like, you gotta you gotta look at it. We end the year. It's the end of the year, like from Christmas on till until mid January. They are very headstrong people. They're very motivated. They're gonna be leaders, like they're going to, you know, just be focused. Like they're very goal oriented. Like all of those things is what encompass a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. So Denville um, was an older upperclassman at Howard. Him and I basically met through like mutual acquaintances and also the love of cannabis. He was Jamaican, so oh, yeah. he low key was the plug. <laughs> but at the time that he had this envision of jerk at night, he was on house arrest. So I remember him basically talking about how he was upset that we as Howard students do not have access to healthy good food around us and he was like it's crazy that it because at the time there was a food desert in dc especially in this area of northwest shaw bloomingdale and stuff there was no they there was the grocery store that's on o street the giant they had torn down because i remember the first time i got here in dc in 2010 um my freshman year i walked from fourth and bryant 
And my dad was on the phone with me in North Carolina, and he told me how to get to that joint. He told me how to walk down Georgia Avenue and get to the joint. He told me how to get on the 70, you know, all that shit. So me and my friends, we go take our first grocery trip to the grocery store at that giant. A couple months later, the giant's gone. So I'm like, what the fuck? So I tell my dad, I'm like, what the fuck? The giant's gone. So he's like, okay. He tell me how to do the same thing the other way, take the 70 up the street because there's a safe way up by the Wendy's. But it sat far back off of the street or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. So go to the safe way. Everything cool. Bet, bet, bet couple months later, I want to say I go back to North Carolina, come back for the spring semester. That shit gone. So I'm like, the fuck? Two grocery stores in like a one-mile radius gone. So now the only one we got is the Columbia Heights and the Target and shit. The fuck happened to our grocery stores? For five years, we had no grocery store in this area. When they brought it back, they brought condos and white people with them. Okay, cool. So... Dimple's like, I'm just upset that we as, you know, black students, we pay all this money to go to Howard. We have no access to, you know, healthy foods, foods that he was like, our ancestors grew from the ground. They knew what, you know, nutrients and stuff that would make us strong. And we out here eating stuff that's got MSG in it and, you know, it's HM, H, um, GMO and stuff. And he was like, and that's just not healthy for us. Like, we need to be eating our own stuff given to us by our own people. So he was like, he wanted to have a food truck. But at the time, this idea was unfathomable for Denville because Denville was on house arrest. So I remember that people was like laughing him out like, how the fuck you gonna have a food truck and you on house arrest and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And he just was like, he knew that he had like a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. And that's how life goes because life continues to move forward. And if you don't have a plan for it, you just live it every day to the next. And it's like, okay, but you got to know what that day is going to put forth to the next day. Homie end up getting jerk at night food truck. Wow. He's on house arrest. What does he do? Employs his little homies because he's also in an organization. In order to get them, like, he's a part of all these different organizations and how we're not just one. So, he getting all his little homies to basically work his food truck for him while he's at the house making the food and shit. It boomed. It was just like, it was like, and then the reason why he boomed was because he also only took advantage of late night hours that nobody else had. So, he was only open from, like, 12 to 3. What? Killing them. Scraping up money. He gave me the idea to sell plates at the Towers when I didn't have enough money. I remember it was during finals. And I needed money for... What the fuck did I need money for? I needed money for something. And I ended up calling one of the older Howard people who had graduated and asking them, could they... um, The live went off? Hmm. Um, Asking them, could... They send me $50 so I can go to the grocery store and get some groceries. They send me $50. I was like, I'll send it back to you in cash it. Your live was Yeah, my live probably went off. But your live went off. I'm like, can you send me the $50 in the cash app? They send me the $50. I go to the grocery store and buy a little bag of drumette wings, the big deluxe box of macaroni and cheese. I go buy like some spinach and stuff like corn and shit. No, cornbread and cookies, cookie dough. 
come back to my dorm and I'm selling plates during finals and I put it on Twitter. I put it in the group meetings. I put it in text messages and all that shit. And basically was telling people like, I got $5 plates. Mm. $5, you can get three wings, macaroni and cheese, spinach, um, cornbread, and a cookie. How can you not buy that? What? Do you know how many plates I sold? I ended up selling so much that I had the soccer team girls going to the grocery store to help me get more groceries so that I can, you know what I'm saying? So the $50 that I ended up investing from somebody else that I borrowed, I got that like way over. Like I made like three, at least three or $400 that night. It was just the fact that the grocery store closed that stopped my flow, but I was going to keep going. So the hustle never stops. We want to thank Issa for coming through. We appreciate, you know, all the the libations, conversations, and celebrations, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be a rapper, y'all. One day y'all going to support me. Y'all going to... See that? that, Y'all going to listen to my uh, mixtape and everything. So shout out to y'all. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate y'all for tuning in for this long. I was like, dig on my man right there, D that real chef. What the fuck it do? We hey, about we you, just bro. shouted you out. Shout out to you, chef. Just talking about that motherfucking smoke lemonade. And he from here too. He I know. That's why it, like when I met him, he was he definitely sounded like he was from DC. He looked like he was from DC. Yeah, motherfucking motivation right there, man. So on make sure y'all stay tuned to The Blunt Force. Every week, we're going to have an episode. Sometimes we have guests come through. We might be popping up in different cities. You never know. So if you want to shout out any black-owned restaurants, any pop-ups, any dispensaries, any cool places you think we should smoke um, smoke at, like that scenic, cute, you know, picturesque, picturesque um, that's cool. If you know any strands that's dope in your city where we can cop, we definitely appreciate that link up as well. Oh, we're going to pull up and we're going to tell you if it's huff or not. Oh, definitely going to let you know if it's huff or if you got that pressure. So you can tune in to us at The Blunt Force um, on Spotify, Apple. We're also on Instagram Live. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. Stay lifted. So after the recording, we went live with Hi Little Peach on Instagram, who decided to stop by and give us a taste of biscotti. She's going to be our special featured guest on part two of It's an episode coming to you right now. This is the type of shit I wanted to say on, on your show, Peach. We was too high, shy. Mike was like, where you going, Jay? You going to the bathroom? Right, like, men, bro. men, men, men say, wait, men. We <laughs> was fucked up, like, I can't do the show, show without you. That's how you went. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, Mike, we're live. He was like, no, but where are you going, though? Right, like, chill, bro. He <laughs> was fried. So... When what was the actual year that you got into it though? I don't really remember now because it's like my it's fucking blunt. I got into it two thousand seventeen. Yeah, Sorry, Monday, Monday, Monday.
2017. That was like the same oh. year. 2017, okay. like, I remember my first pop-up, everything, like, son, and, and I'm working on this now because I got my my website going, and I got to put the about me section, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to write it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you remember, like, Proud Family. And we all should tell your origin, story, or origin story. You remember Proud Family, like, it all started with an orange basketball wizard, Kelly, like, that's how I want to <laughs> be with my story and shit, like. It started with a 3.5 and a box of cereal, like, <laughs> real life shit. I had a, some extra weed. I went to the store, I bought some Fruity Pebbles, a bag of marshmallows, and I made some edibles. And, like, I wasn't even serious about this shit, like, yeah, I took a picture. I took a picture of it on Instagram, and motherfuckers was like, be like, oh, how much is those? I was like, uh, I don't know, like, and then my baby mother, she took me... She took me to a pop-up at, at the manor. This is when they were still throwing pop-ups in the cloudy club. Tuesday. Cloudy, cloudy Tuesday. And, and cloudy Tuesdays. I remember Cloudy Wednesdays Tuesday. or something like No, that. it was... So, it was just Cloudy Tuesday. So, Cloudy Tuesday started it off. So, it was Cloudy Tuesday that started off at the manor. It was Capsidam. Mm-hmm. Um, and they only had Tuesdays at first. But the owner of the manor started getting greedy. And like so always, then, and so he, <laughs> so he started doing more days than just the Tuesday that they had, mm-hmm. and he would do like Wednesdays or Fridays and Saturdays. I heard Saturdays, yep. And that's when they found out about it and was like, so we as a promotion team mm-hmm. brought this because they had a horticulture school captured them, and they were teaching people how to grow and how to harvest, oh, yeah. you know, cannabis. So they actually had a you know a solid foundation to stand on to throw these cloudy parties. So, when the owner basically was on some shit, like, cutting into it, it's like, but you wasn't thinking of this idea before we brought it to you, so how can you, you know, do that to us? So, I was looking at it like, you know, at the end of the day, I was working for the mayor, and so having their ear and looking at how much money that he was charging them as promoters to have their party there, and the bottles on top of that, and, you know what I'm saying, like, the booth rent and stuff like that, so it was like, hold up, are y'all even making money? And this is illegal, so at the end of the day, those other days that he was having, it was those Fridays and them Saturdays that he was having that was getting raided by the police mm. in that's 2017. And so that's when they started moving to the place on 9th Street. Um, what, what did that become? Vita Lounge. Um, Vita Lounge. Yeah, they started moving to Vita Lounge. That's when I and they moved over, and people started moving on to Vita Lounge and started um, vending and popping up there. And I was working for the mayor's office at the time. So I, I would leave the mayor's office and on Tuesdays I would come around and see that what they were doing. I was like, but I mean, yes, yeah, legal, but y'all do understand that this part is actually illegal, right? Like, because this is a place where they have an alcohol license and they have an occupancy license. So this person actually can lose mm-hmm. all of that behind y'all. And y'all think that if he's greedy enough to cut into y'all money that he's not going to tell the police on y'all? Right. Like, no, like... So that's when the whole idea of a permanent pop-up came into play was I was actually keeping my ears to the ground at work and was listening to how there was a black and white area. But what the mayor and the police officers couldn't figure out was this gray area. area. And it was like there was this there was this really large gray area, right, that said I love it. You know, you could have a certain amount of um ounces on you, on your person, and you could also grow a certain amount of flowers in um a residential dwelling so i'm like 
Right. Well, then y'all niggas just need to find a residential dwelling that y'all can, you know, do this in. So, it like, the search was on, but I, it's like when they actually came up, like, I want to say they was throwing cloudy parties up until, like, that October. And then it kind of just went quiet. And they didn't really say nothing about what was going on. But, like, I knew that they had basically found a location that was a residential dwelling in a commercial space. Beautiful. And they were going to try to figure out how to, you know, make it work. And when that shit happened... That shit was lit. It was lit. It was lit. It was so fucking lit. Like how little peach was created in that bitch. Yeah, like so many brands was created at this spaceship. Like it was... It was a culture that was created there. I like I remember how, like, listen, my shit. I can remember how I all started. Like, I remember you coming in too. Like I remember you coming in, but you were. I'm not gonna lie. That one of the things I would say, even starting out, like by you that still time, were branded. You by still, that time, by, I was. You, I was like, like I said, because I was already fucking with Cloudy Tuesday before the spaceship. Like I said, and they, the, the manner of. What was the other club? They was at Karma, mm-hmm. Vida Lab. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was fucking with Duck and shit. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm here. Like, Duck you know was the one. Duck was Duck definitely was the one that put people me. on in DC. He fu- he a lot of people me, try like to said. say that they were the first ones that did this and that, Honestly, but the, I would definitely say Duck did as much as he could to bring as many people that he knew together. Now, whether people fuck with him and whether yeah, the I hate and shit. That's another thing, but he definitely tried his his best to extend the olive branch to everyone to allow them the opportunity to have that market space. Yeah, I can't even remember like my first experience with Doug, but like I said, like the first party I ever did, I think I booked it through Asian with Swag when he was at what club was that? That was like it was like a Saturday party though. It was like a chicken or something. I, I don't know if it was a Tuesday party. It was like I, I think he had he did have a Tuesday party. It was like tacos and henny. It was yeah, like, that was my first time ever meeting phone homie. Like uh huh. I didn't even really pay no vending fee. Like at the end of the night, I was asking Asian what the vending fee was. He was like, yeah, just give me fifty dollars and some edibles and shit. So I was like, That's cool. So like my first pop up. Like I remember all my first pop up. The the little house they was at. On Florida Avenue, like up that way, the mm-hmm. phone home mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. it was deepest shit mm-hmm. in there. Like, I know exactly what she's talking about. Like I mean, the pop up peace house, hands the peace on house. Oh my god, it's South That's, Peace. Omg, no, North Peace. Peace house was on North Peace. Peace on, oh, that was the Glow House. Glow House. Glow House. I I didn't do Glow House. I did the Peace House though on Roll Island Avenue. That's when like Glow House. Glow House was crazy. I always That's heard stories. No, people, the vendors would come to us and be like, please have space for us. We just can't. I'm like, hold up. No, you oh did not God. book. Because every, we everybody had to book. Like, oh I love our system. Like, you had to you book had by to a book. certain time. Like, you had to book by a certain time in order to get your space. Did and if you do not first, arrive by a certain time. Name, like, the restaurant, a cancellation joint? Yeah, yeah. yeah we exactly. had, it was, it was always three motherfuckers. It was always three vendors lined up with their table. Like, I don't give a fuck. I just want a chance. I just want a chance. And we'd be like, Gabby was mean. No doubt about it. Gabby was cutthroat about it. It was It was definitely, I would say, allowing us to work like a unit was probably what was the best because each person got to step up and do something that other per- other person couldn't. 
And one thing that when I first stepped foot into the spaceship that I saw that I appreciate Duck allowing me was the creative ability to change it into what it needed to be. Because when I walked in, I was like, okay, these white walls, okay, all these steps, like that's cool and all, but gotta, we gotta do something. If you gonna call it the spaceship and you gonna charge motherfuckers ten dollars to get in here, then y'all need to at least put some motherfucking paint on the wall, have some aliens, or you know, just some. Some easy shit or whatever. A, a, a smoking so, section. Yeah, I was like, you need to have a you need to have a seating you need That's to have an upstairs you know you need to have an upstairs seating section for VIP because I was a bottle girl at the time. So me, I'm looking at how, if I'm walking into work, what does work look like? You feel me? And that's how they ended up allowing me to set it up because they were like, they allowed me to set up my workplace for real because I was leaving there, going to Peace Lounge and going to Kiss Lounge, working as a bottle girl. And then it got to the point where they would pay me to just stay there and maintain the spaceship, make sure everybody had ashtrays and waters. And it really, it really set the standard for hospitality and how we treated people. Hospitality, cleanliness at the night, at the end of the night, you know what I'm saying? Like, you need that shit. The spaceship, I feel like, gave a great vibe to everybody. Like, everybody that came, maybe were customers. always had somewhere to come to. If you went to the spaceship, like, it was a vibe. Like, you, you have the pleasure to fucking talk about that shit. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. Like, even when I, like, stopped vending at the spaceship, I started throwing my own pop-up. You had me fucked up. If you thought I was about to still come here, like, there it was go. still the move. Like, it was a vibe. Fucking moon bites on Thursday. Y'all oh my like, god! Was here? Not even, I'm not here. even just on the moon bites and Sissy Sweet had. Sweet, um, not sweet tea. It was um green tea Thursday. It was green tea Thursday. Y'all were no, nah, I know. Remember, because you were part of the four twenty crowd, yeah, and yeah. we would give out green tea at the door. Green tea. I remember. I remember. We I had remember. infused sugar, but yeah. I was really, I was really pressed about the type of green tea because, you know, I worked with a lot of Spanish people who was always trying to cut corners, and they always wanted it. No, for real, they were. They were always like. We can just go to Safeway and get a box of lips. And I'm like, we're the spaceship. There's also a Korean market around the corner that sells green tea. I can go in there and instead of just, because you got to think about how small her market is. She's not used to having nobody come in and buy all her green tea at one time. So if every week I'm coming in here and buying her green tea, I'm creating customer relations and I'm stimulating a small business in order to help this area. So every place that I like would give to for the spaceship, I was making sure we were conscious about it. Like, okay, instead of that liquor store over there, because they big and they boom, let's go to this liquor store over here because nobody never going to it and it's right beside Captain M. So I know they'd be smelling the smoke. I know that, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we were just trying to make sure we took care of everybody. Julie Empanadas, if I'm coming downstairs and I'm wiping out all your waters... That's the first time I ever had an empanada. I didn't even know what the fuck an empanada was. Julie and Panada took care of us, man. I'm not lying. Like they loved. They took care because it was coming before they was walking in, or they was walking out of the spaceship. That's why I used to like when I started throwing my puppets. Like I used to try to do the same thing, and I'm like, look, bro, like we gonna bring you business, like. 
business is gonna come your way. Like if it's a pop up on this block, you better be sure every business right here about to get some type of money. Yeah. Don't fuck if it's a CVS, it's a food that's, store, that's a whatever. Job, like, whatever it is, motherfuckers <laughs> is gonna be hungry. The vendors gonna get hungry regardless. Well, you know what I'm saying? And so working for the mayor was also how and why I was so plugged in with <clears throat> the community meetings too, because knowing that it's a commercial area. I was like, yes, we're doing this. We also have to think about what the businesses are saying. So I would go to the monthly um, community meetings that the businesses were having where they would talk about, you know, different things. And there was one meeting where they basically wanted to talk about this new business that popped up on the end, you know, of 18th Street um, and the traffic that it's bringing. And so I listened, you know, and we, you know, I, I took it back to the round table when I told them over. And, you know, that's what I appreciate about our group is that we used to do dinner over, like, Del Frisco's and Fogo de Child. So it felt like some real boss shit. But I, so I'm, like, telling them, like, okay, well, this is what the community is saying. So then we started two things. We started the initiative. One, because I was like, I'm going to go back to this meeting and I'm going to speak on my behalf as a Northwest resident, and they're not going to know that I have affiliation with this place. Because I changed my look so many times. But I explained to them that y'all are talking about this business as if this is not Adams Morgan where people lay drunkenly in your streets because of all the bars and stuff. You talk about the noise like there's not a band that's playing live across the street every fucking night. Mm -hmm. Like, the things that you're talking about, you're talking about... Let's talk about the influx of revenue that you guys have had, not only during a cold season, because it was like November Boom through it. the spring. <laughs> We're booming during one of your smaller quarters that you're supposed to get revenue. But on top of that, the line was being built right there, and there was construction happening all right there. And we were still <clears throat> maintaining very efficient business. And we were like, on Sundays, we would get up and we were clean up there um the um streets mm-hmm, right. because we were like the streets would that. look so fucking crazy after saturday nights from all of the drunken madness that the people that would do us, and it wasn't us and that's right. why i wouldn't yeah. that's what i wanted to show the community these were pizza boxes and cigarettes and beer bottles and liquor and all this shit and i ain't seen a backwoods yet mm-hmm. i ain't seen a weed because all my people they holding on to everything they got from us <laughs> they not trying to drop shit they got from us. You hear me? Be tight. So I was trying to show the community that we are not just here to, you know, what you think it be a nuisance, but we're here to be a help to your community because we're helping each and every one of your businesses, whether it's the diner, whether it's the, you know, the the mama's madam's organ, whether it's insomnia's cookie. Whether it's the pizza place, whether it's this, like, come on, all them businesses would have not been booming if it wasn't for Spaceship and the business that they was coming in. And they didn't even care about what the prices was on the shit. People was paying because they had bread that they was, you know, making and getting. And guess what? Niggas don't pay their parking tickets. I mean, pay for the meters. Y'all still get money off motherfucking parking tickets. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers get money all the way around the corner. Like Exactly. And it wasn't just people from D.C. It was people from all over. Ain't no fights. Niggas like ain't starting no fights. There were no robberies <clears throat> at the spaceship. The East like, Coast, nothing, right, just like, definitely benefited from the spaceship. Because you you've had people from Pennsylvania, New York. I mean, it, and it also gave other states ideas. It did. And that's one thing that I was upset yeah, that the spaceship never branded itself to go 
to places because a spaceship is still something that can still take off. It can still launch in other places like Colorado, Washington, LA, Miami, because it was a one once in a lifetime experience. I mean, we had people like Sunny Digital come through. Like, we, it was like the celebrities that we had come through, the people that we had come through to just do murals on the wall for fucking free. For free. You just gave your talents to us just because, like, whereas now it probably costs, like, stacks to get you just to do, you know, a piece of a wall. Mm-hmm. Or a painting. Shout out to the spaceship. Yeah. Spaceship lot, definitely put a lot of people on. I'm about to say, yeah, a lot of, a lot of motherfucking vendors and and, and shit was born there. Not just business. But not even that. The I like she said, the idea, the creation of pop ups, that was the only permanent pop up. You yeah. gotta think about I it. Like he said, did not get robbed, did not get ran I into still, by the police, right. did not get shut down. Like we didn't get shut yes. down. Like I still wanna recreate some shit like that. Like like I said, like what all this shit with me and my upcoming with it, it's like I tried to I tried to steal a little piece of everything. Like I said, I started with the, I started with Asian. I did the spaceship. I worked with Phone Homie. I did the Peace House. And it was like, I forgot the, I worked with, I worked with another event. It was like, what the fuck is the, the name of the event? I don't know. I cannot think, but it was like, I tried to steal a piece of everything from them. Like, whether it was Phone Homie throwing free parties and giving out free waters, or if it was the spaceship just having them, them vibes, like, you know what I'm saying? Or having a lot of vendors, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, man, when I, just I throw my pop-ups, I got to make the best of it, like, you know what I'm saying? See, free me, gifts, free pre-rolls. I remember meeting Peach. Like, for me, it was coming from underneath somebody, like, trying to become somebody. I was, I was a host. That's how I wanted to become, in there, because I wasn't a vendor. I wasn't a promoter, you know, so I had to work underneath somebody. And my first days, I felt like the first gig that I actually got was Spaceship. It was Wednesdays. That shit, oh, it was so beautiful. Because it was like, I thought it was, it was my baby. Like, I had to create it. And when I, I executed completely. Like, we had, um, what's his name? Uh, your, from your theme, Black no, Wolf. your theme, first of all, was VH1 Wednesdays. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. Um... Because it took the pressure off of the spaceship as a, like, entity to try to bring in traffic. One, because we had we had consistent traffic, and that was fine. Um, Thursdays was one of our best days. Sundays, you know, Saturdays, Fridays, regular weekends, because of Adam Morgan traffic, foot traffic. But Wednesdays was just a random day. So then the power of people that y'all are bringing in to get the Wednesdays popping, I feel like that was cool because it took a lot off of us as far as promotion-wise. Because mm-hmm. we didn't have to make the flyers. We didn't have to post and do the invites and stuff like that. Like, we would post what y'all post. But, like, we ain't got to do too much. We don't have to book the vendors. Like, right. you know, we just got to make sure the door's unlocked, the floor's clean, shit is set up. Security's ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all good. So that's what I appreciated about it was a it was a it was a guaranteed system yeah, yeah, that's that what I liked about the space. it was a guaranteed system that people who were coming in as vendors had a security of mm-hmm. knowing what they could expect. But me, I used to be on everybody's head about policy and just the standard of how you look because I wanted to make sure that we could charge people top dollar for everything. 
And the way you can charge people top dollar for everything is you have to be quality yourself. Meaning, like, if you're going to come in here and, you know, you already kind of got bush weed. Because we'll tell you, like, you know, like I said, Gabby wasn't the nicest person. So, she's going to definitely tell you if you got some bush. And she might put you in the corner and be like, go sell your bush over there. So... <laughs> At least I would come through and be like, okay, well, you need a, you need a tablecloth. You need lights. You need, you know, you need to have this on a display setting so it looks, you know, a little bit better than just in these jars because these jars are a little murky, <laughs> like something. In order to set that standard for the person that just paid $10 to come through the door to now give you, you know. And then I think that also started at $25. That $25 sticker definitely started in the fucking spaceship. For KD, because people were in so at war with each other over what they could sell. I that shit. <laughs> I, I know who started it. I don't want to put them out there, but. Look, I think I <laughs> it was just a hustle. It was part of the I hustle. was with that shit. It, it was, that's what I'm saying. As soon as he did it, everybody did it. But it was. It was one guy who had to. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why the twenty five dollars sticker started. And we're gonna go ahead and go for that. Why Katie? People don't get mad over it. Esperanza Gardens. Esperanza Gardens. Esperanza Gardens is the reason why the twenty five dollars sticker came through. Because when he was in the building, niggas couldn't sell shit, and so they had to. They had to let that shit fly. Long ass. They had them lines would be wrapped. He would be at the top room in the back and it'll be wrapped all the way through another room coming back around snaking back down the steps all the way back into another room coming back around all the way down the steps out the door and people would be like hey i got this i got that people would be in line like just ignoring them like nope i'm good nope and it was just so weird because like i felt bad as a manager of a bit like a place trying to like get people to also like help other people make money too but like and that's when the 25 dollars sticker started because the niggas was like, okay, I got it for 25 He's selling it for 60 I got it for 25 That's where it came from. At least an ounce of that. Then the $100 sticker came. Ooh, that one. That one hurts. <laughs> the $100 sticker like, came. Oh, it, was just, it was just like, oh, man, oh. what is going on around here? And then it was because it was a free market, right? We couldn't control it. So if somebody's saying they got it for twenty five, the only thing that I could do was push up on them and see what is it that you're selling for twenty five. Let me see what is it that you have. Is it, is it quality? Because then there was another thing where if we gonna stand on the word that we only have quality A one people here, we gotta make sure. So that's why some people only get booked on like our slow days. Like you can't even get our fire days because we don't even need our clientele seeing you on those days and shit. So. It would hurt me if I was to do that to my best friends. Sometimes would know. They'd be like, you know, they'll ask It me wasn't our like, fault though. Like, I and we would let them know. On the first floor, like, please, like, let me know. I would let them know. You got, like, I would, like, get better merch. Like, I would tell them, like, whether it's you only got stickers on your table. You need to get some t-shirts. You need to, like, I would tell, like, please come to me and ask me. Because I, I would tell you, you need something better. You need candy on your table. You need lights. You need something. But come back until you do come back. You made the money tonight to do it. So just come back when you do. But don't come back until then. <laughs> um, I'm correct. But don't come at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, we had a word to stand on about, you know, the people that we had coming through the door. Trying to be compliant. We definitely were trying to definitely were trying to be compliant 
because 12 was right outside the door. Like, literally. Literally. All the time. Like, on the clock. They were our security. I appreciate Third District. Y'all definitely looked out for us. We appreciate all of those safe nights that y'all made sure we got home, got in our cars. I don't, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's definitely overall fuck 12, but Third District, y'all looked out for us. Y'all definitely took care, you know what I'm saying? Y'all could have been up our ass. It was this one, you know, fat-ass little motherfucker on the bike. I still be seeing you around this morning, so I know you're doing your job. But his ass was on one. He was definitely on one. He was on one. Like, ooh. Goddamn long order. Who did it, hit ass. So, so now, I mean, it's 2020. We reflected on, you know, what brought us into it. We're all here, which is crazy because it's like, you know, we've taken all these different routes and, you know, still end up linked up. Still here, though. Still here, prevailing. I think that's the best part. One of the great things that I always say, I'm like, I was, I had the privilege to work underneath some great people. And now that I have this position, I always think of like, we're going to have a a book someone's gonna write about this you know because we created something Mm -hmm. so beautiful and powerful Mm -hmm. that every time I remember because I mean like people come and talk to you it's I know like all the time and then like I I had this one like older woman and male come and tell me they're like they come from Pennsylvania they usually come to my events but then what they usually love is that we educate them mm-hmm. and we tell them exactly what they're looking for. It's not like they're just going up the block and just like, all right, let me get like, you mm-hmm. know, a J mm-hmm. or something and not even know exactly what it is. So I appreciate that, that I was, that I'm able to educate people now. Yeah. I mean, and that's the biggest part about ending stigmas or, you know, when you're trying to break a cycle is that you have to, edu- you have to do it through education so, like, anytime you want to get something done, you have to educate people. And that's how I, I learned it through lobbying. Like, when I first got to D.C. and I was working as the legal advisor for the NAACP at Howard, and I was lobbying, I didn't know what lobbying was, but I knew that if I take all this information that I think is interesting and I can spew it back to you, like, off the top of my head, you'll think that that is interesting. And then you'll be interested in what I think is interesting. So now we'll have a conversation. And that was all it was. was I was just showing them the numbers of what the government could make if they, one, stop incarcerating people and, you know, using the actual taxpayers' money for that. And two, if they actually take something. Because the last thing that we've entered into United States revenue was alcohol. And that was after Prohibition. So if they actually enter this into our actual revenue stream, this is now something that they can tax, which would now take the taxes off of the American people. Because now you have the rich going against the poor because they feel like they're being overtaxed. You have the poor saying, continue to tax the rich because they're making so much. And it's like, and then there's this multi-billion dollar industry that we're not tapping into that we can be the global fucking suppliers of. Because right now... Everything that we're bringing in is imported, for real, for real. We're not exporting any of our goods to the rest of the world. And so. also, it's like it's not like we're the first ones doing it. A lot of other countries have done it, and they're gaining so much from it. So why not? Right. I mean, and my thing is we have the infrastructure to do it. 
I've always said, like, if we can manufacture tobacco, tax it. If we can manufacture or if we can understand how to regulate alcohol, we know what to do. Like, I had a friend who worked for the Department of Transportation tell me in 2015 they did a study on cannabis that has not been released and will not be released until they say they did a new study. But basically, it compared impaired driving with cannabis users versus impaired driving with alcohol users or somebody that consumes alcohol. And it was showing that a person who consumes cannabis actually is less likely to have an accident because they're more paranoid, they're more alert, like the actual like anxiety, they're not they're not the anxiety's not there and they're they're more focused as opposed to because they're thinking about how high they are. As opposed to when you're drunk, your inhibitions are gone. And you think you got it. And you know you got it. So you don't give a fuck. And you don't, you're not, you know what I'm saying? And you discombobulated. So it was saying that when they compared the numbers, it was like a 30%, like a 30-some percent difference in what the difference was. And they were like, they knew that if they released it, that the, the backlash would be, oh, well, we can smoke and drive. And the government didn't want people to think, oh, you can smoke and drive. So the Department of Transportation for the last five years have been trying to figure out how to come up with a study that can show that cannabis does not do this, but they have to come up also with a way to monitor a way that if you intake it, because it's still considered a DUI, driving under the influence. So until they can come up with a way to actually monitor or like, you know, the police can monitor your usage, they can't come up with that study. Right. I want to have them because they're creating tools of just like detecting if you're high mm-hmm. not like the percentage or how high you are that's what they need to come up with because there's levels i can just smoke one day you're gonna take just like with alcohol like if you if you consume point this and your your point zero eight then you're past the legal driving limit you know mm-hmm. but if you you know consume less than that like so it's just like there definitely has to be more you know, scientific research done, but that also stems on the back of if the DEA allows medical research to happen because they are trying to be the sole distributors of cannabis in the United States. So, so, I mean, it's just all fucked. I mean, but hopefully, you know, we get a piece of this alpha pie. Cause we out here. I was like, guess one thing. I'm like, I'm looking at the the circle of people who are grinding, and we're grinding so hard for so long, and we're continuing this grind. And I feel like, and it, and I was just saying, like, we keep we keep circling and crossing paths that I know that it means that it means something, you know. Like, it's definitely a movement. So Chef Clark was talking about creating. A voting initiative called Smoke the Vote. Yeah. I'm definitely down for that. Smoke the vote. Smoke the vote. Because August 18th is actually, Peach actually asked me to look it up when women's rights was created. This is the 100th anniversary this actual year. Yeah. August 18th. Because it passed on August 18th, 1920. Mm-hmm. The ratification of the 19th Amendment. Let's go, ladies! So, Shout out to the Centennial of Women Women Rights. Turns 100 this year. 
gotta be a celebration for that. Even if it's virtual, you know, gotta be some type of celebration to discuss what we've gone through over the last hundred years as women and, you know, what we can continue to do to push the narrative forward. And then also, like, what women's rights meant a hundred years ago for minority women and what we want the next 100 years to look like. Because, I mean, we don't want to be having the same motherfucking conversation 100 years from now. I swear on everything I love, and I know my ancestors probably felt the same way. If my kids and my ancestors is having the same problem 100 years from now, I hope that everything in my soul and spirit come back and fucking burn this bitch down. Because that shit's not okay. It's not okay. It's not. Oh, thank you. So yeah. Cheers to that. I can't drink no more. <laughs> you smoked up. <laughs>